Hello and welcome to Between Two Servers, the show where we talk about multiplayer game development and netcode. I'm here today with Ian Prue, the co-founder and CEO of 1047 Games, creator of Splitgate. Welcome to the show, Ian. Thanks for having me, Glenn. Cool. Awesome. So Splitgate, Halo meets Portal. Uh, let's show everybody a little bit about what it looks like and uh, we'll, we'll chat more after we get back. So Ian, Halo and Portal, where did you get the idea? Yeah, I mean, so really the original idea had nothing to do with Halo. It was really just, I played Portal. I played Portal 2, I mean, probably 10 years ago while I was a high school kid and just absolutely fell in love with the concept of Portals. I thought it was the most brilliant, mind-boggling mechanic I'd ever seen. Just a fantastic and, game. Absolutely yeah, fantastic. Yeah, and I, you know, being the FPS fan that I was, thought to myself, man, I would love to see this in a shooting game. You know, that's what I typically right. play outside of Portal. Right. And uh, I just kind of had this vision of like, what would it be like if I could, you know, spawn a portal behind somebody over there and then shoot them in the back? Or if I could spawn mm -hmm. a portal underneath somebody's feet and drop them to their death. Um, and really, it was just an idea for the longest time. Um, a few years later, I went to Stanford, studied computer science, uh, I didn't know if I wanted to get into game development. I mean, gaming was a passion of mine. I, I, you know, I had this idea in the back of my head, but I didn't think I'd do anything with it. How, how um, long did you have it in your head? How long has this been bouncing since, around? Since, I mean, yeah, since 2011 when I played Portal 2. Wow. Um, awesome. Awesome. And uh, yeah, so I actually, um, I went to Stanford and studied computer science. They didn't really have a gaming track. Uh, but I really wanted to learn, at least get some exposure to gaming. So I talked to my advisor, who was awesome. And I basically said, hey, I, I'd like to learn Unreal Engine 4. There's okay. no class here that teaches that. Um, you know, can I do this for my senior project? Can I build a prototype of a game? That's and cool. he was incredibly supportive. He actually put me in touch with a couple of people that he knew from Epic Games as mm -hmm. just sort of resources for if I have questions. Um, and uh, I basically had a quarter to just go crazy with it. And, uh, you know, of course, if I'm going to learn Unreal Engine and build something, I'm going to build the idea that I've had for the last few years, um, which is mm -hmm. an FPS game with portals. Um, and, you know, I enjoyed building it. Again, didn't think I'd turn it into anything. It wasn't actually until it was the weekend before the senior project fair. Um, and, you know, at the senior project fair, I'm going to have a bunch of setups where there's going to be a lot of foot traffic. People are going to be playing the game for hours. Um, and going into set it, set up like a big ass land party for it. Basically. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a, like a trade show, like a PAX yeah. East, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. On a smaller scale. So but, let uh, me guess you packed it out. Well, it, it's actually the, the prior to that where I have the aha moment, um, but okay. I did pack it out. But um, I mean, especially, you know, when you're at the senior project fair, do you want to play a video game or do you want to, <laughs> you know, go look at some random machine? I don't know, Ian, it's a tough choice. <laughs> Uh, exactly. But, you know, it was actually the weekend before. So up until this point, I've only tested on my own two PCs. So mm -hmm. I don't even know if the thing runs on three or more PCs. Yeah. I have no idea if it's fun because I've been limited to just testing by myself. 
Um, so I asked seven of my friends, can you guys come play test this thing? Right. You know, I need to make sure it works. So this, and, this is just, just to see if it runs before you do the actual. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah. So I don't have a nightmare, you know, where mm-hmm. everything is broken. Um, yeah. And I asked them, and of course, no one wants to because everyone's got final exams in a few yeah. days. They've got final papers, final programs, final projects. So we're all busy, but yeah. I get them to agree. Okay, we'll come. We'll bring our gaming PCs. We'll play for 45 minutes straight. Um, and we ended up playing for five hours. Okay. And, you know, that was that was the aha moment for Bingo. me where, you know, none of us had time to be doing this, um, yeah. but we were so hooked that yep. we just couldn't, we couldn't put it down. Even in That's this compelling super rough prototype with one map and one gun and everything about it was rough around the edges. But, you know, the thing was this really validated, you know, portal in an FPS, Mm -hmm. it works. It's extremely addicting. It's fundamentally different than anything I've ever played. Um, And I think specifically what kept us going during that time was, you know, there was this very natural skill curve where, Mm. you know, the first hour we're playing it like it's halo or like it's call of duty. We're just shooting stuff, having a good time. You know, now you're now you're all leveling up on strategies. We're all leveling we're up, right? so we're kind of emergent gameplay is coming the, out. Exactly the portal yeah. skills, and you know, kind of honestly, very similar to a Rocket League or a Fortnite, where it's like you mm-hmm. can pick it up, turn your brain off, have fun with it. Yeah. But then, as you start to develop this skill set, mm-hmm. it turns into a different game. And by the end of those five hours, I mean we were we were playing a different game. I mean it was just like portaling all over the place. Um, And even, you know, today comparing what the pros of today are able to do to what we did five hours in, I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous. So, um, and then, you know, at that point I went to the project fair, people loved it. Um, Although the bar is pretty low for a senior project fair where you're the only video game and everybody else is, you know, naturally people want to come to the video game booth. Um, But uh, yeah, at that point really started thinking, you know, maybe I do go pursue this full time. Maybe I'm onto something. That's awesome. So, so you launched your beta May twenty fourth, twenty nineteen. Yep. Why did you Why did you go for like I'm going to go put this in a beta? Why did you do that in the whole free to play thing? Yeah, I mean, I think um, you know our kind of viewpoint going into this was that uh, you know, kind of the traditional route is very outdated. Um, mm. If you yep. think of most games, and, and you know, granted, when we got started, this was before you know we we started on this thing in twenty seventeen or really twenty sixteen, right. but we started before Fortnite, Apex, Call of Duty, right? Free to play wasn't much of a thing, but our thinking from the get go was, you know, I would rather put out my product as soon as I have my MVP, rather mm-hmm. just put it out there because mm-hmm. that's how I'm going to learn. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't really make sense. You know, if you think of the traditional gaming approach, it's very hit driven. It's very much, you know, spend years and years developing your product get it as good as you can, and then pour all your marketing into the first few weeks. The the reality is, is you're going to spend five years baking everything into stone and then launching it. And then players are going to tell you actually, no, you know, you you need to get what you found, which is that spark of, of immediate fun with temp maps, with the first prototype, and then it begins. So, 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 so you're, you're, you're kind of looking at like, I'm going to do a live service. Were you thinking at this time, like it would turn into a live service game or you were just, let's just get yeah. it out there. Yeah. No, you, was, you were going was, for live service. Okay. It was always live service. I mean, it was always okay. thinking, I mean, we kind of internally said, okay, we're going to take a Silicon Valley startup approach to running okay. a game company. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, so the thought process was we're just, as soon as we have our MVP, yeah. we're putting it out there. We're going to learn a ton. We know we're not going mm-hmm. to have it right on day one. And we, we didn't mm-hmm. even have monetization on day one um, because yeah. our thought 
was who cares? Like we don't need to make money on day one. Um, So let's just put it out. We'll learn, we'll iterate. And then once we've iterated, once we, once we have good metrics, that's when I want to spend money on marketing. I'd rather spend Mm -hmm. money marketing a, Oh, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna take the marketing spend and throw it, and then the, the new player experience won't be there. A little churn out, you won't get the engagement you need. Exactly, it's yeah. just too risky to do, you know. And especially as an indie game, like you don't have the budget where you can afford mm-hmm. to, you know, make a mistake. Um, so, uh, so that was kind of the original thinking. I mean, to be quite honest, I mean, we definitely thought we would do better than we did in 2019. Like we knew that this was our MVP and that there was gonna be a lot of learning. Um, but we also thought, oh, we've got a really fun game, which we did. Yeah. Um, we didn't realize that, that it, there's so much that goes into making a successful game. There's so much behind the beyond scenes. a fun yeah. game, right? Like, like you the, have to the, have the meta, that, the meta behind it. Once right. you have the fun core loop, you got to have the meta and the, the onboarding and the grindability. I mean, there's just so much more to it. Um, yeah. and that was really the, a bit of a rude awakening for us where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, wow. Like. People are leaving instantly. Yeah, you know, Match, not matchmaking, matchmaking, Elo, yeah. uh, console ports, all of the sort of crazy stuff that you guys had to do after this launch. I mean, you must have surprised yourself just with the 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 sheer intensity of how much you needed to chew and how quickly to keep the yeah. players happy. How did how did how did you prioritize when you saw that? What did what um, did you choose to bite off first? Yeah, I mean, I think so. The first thing we pretty quickly realized, uh, part of it was anecdotal, just like, you know, we watched a lot of Twitch streams to try to mm-hmm. see what's going on. Um, so we definitely had a, a pretty good idea. Uh, and then we started asking questions and diving into the data. Um, and when we first launched, we didn't have a data pipeline yet. So we weren't tracking stuff. It was like a very so, slow manual. So process. the data pipeline was the first thing that you built because then you drove everything else from it? Uh, not exactly. Um, okay. So the first, the, the initial process was, I would, I mean, all of us would have our theories. We'd look at Twitch, we'd mm-hmm. look at Twitter, Discord, yeah. and we'd start to ask questions. Um, you know, and the, one of those first questions I asked was like, I feel like people are getting destroyed in their first game. And, you know, they're not right. sticking around because they're getting destroyed so badly. Um, and uh, And then we looked, you know, I would then ask, an engineer, hey, can you write a script to pull some of this data? Yeah. And lo and behold, we found out 59% of new users were getting obliterated in their very first game. And mm-hmm. half of those users wouldn't even play a second game. Yep. Right. And we saw that anecdotally where people would come in and, and you know, we're watching this and we're like, what the heck? Like, just stick with yeah, it. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, no, you no, want to kind no. of scream at the TV. Right. It's like, fickle, keep, fickle players. Give it a little bit be, of right? time. Right. Yeah. If you give it a little bit of time, you'll figure it out. But you don't yeah. have a little bit of time, right? You have to make an experience that is. They're, they're getting punished. They're getting actively yeah. punished. Um, and they, yeah. they needed that same experience that you and your buddies had when you all learned it together. So exactly. how did you, how did you do it? Well, I, you know, it was a couple of things. I mean, the first thing we, the first major improvement that we made um, was we figured, okay, we got to redo our matchmaking system. Yeah. Our matchmaker is terrible. It's really, I mean, I can dive into that if you're interested, but the gist of it, it was a very bad system that we had um, that was causing a lot of these issues. What, what were the symptoms? Just a skill mismatch? What, what, yeah. what was primarily that? Okay. Well, so I'll just dive the, into it. It's the, the noob stomp. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what we did is we actually brought back the Halo 2 1 to 50 ranking system, if you're familiar okay. with that. Yeah, uh, yeah. That had that had a couple of very, very fundamental issues. And, and the, the funny thing is, 
we thought this was a we thought this was going to be great because like there's all this nostalgia for Halo Two mm-hmm. and specifically its ranking system, yeah. and um, you know at the time you go look back at it and you're like oh this was such a great system back in the day but it's you know there's a reason that no one uses this system anymore and that everyone's moved on. on. Yeah. Um, and the, the two key issues were number one is everybody comes in at rank one. So -hmm. instead of starting in the middle and trying to quickly figure out like, how are you above average below average? It's like, Nope, you're starting at rank one. And then it would take dozens of hours to, to grind, to rank up and you have to win, but it's still, it's a very slow process. It's not trying to quickly get you to your appropriate rank. And what happened was we would have users, um, you know, they would come in and our, our the first few days, right? Our biggest fans who were grinding eight hours a day, they got to rank 30, 40, 50. And then they got into a state where the matchmaker, even with 10,000 plus players online, matchmaker would say, oh, well, you're, yeah. you're rank 40. You can't play with these 10s and 20s and 30s. Yeah. And so these who are our super fans would get into a state where they're not getting a map. Yeah. And so one of two things would happen. Either A, they would permanent, they would quit, which yeah. sucks because you just lost one of your biggest fans. Uh, or B, which happened more often than A, is it's a free-to-play game. They would just quit, make a new account. Grind again. And come back in at rank one. And so yeah. there was just this endless cycle where basically every new user, like the pe- the people who are coming in, the rank ones were a combination of new players and the best players in the game. Yeah, And so yeah, it was yeah, just yeah, this yeah. vicious cycle that got inherently worse and worse over time where, you know, people would just get stomped and there was no end in sight. So the first yeah. thing we did is we said, okay, screw nostalgia. We need a modern system, you know, let's so it do needs everybody to, else. Yeah, it needs to converge fast yeah, to catch those people who fast. redo. So yeah. let's start people in the middle. Mm-hmm. And let's have 10 placement matches where we can very quickly look at like, okay, let's get you as soon as possible. You're, you're whatever you're above average, you're, you're below average. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The other thing we did is we added a tutorial. Um, you know, people right. had no idea right. how to even play the game. Um, yeah. So that was kind of an obvious low hanging fruit. Um, to what, just what about, what about team balancing? Did you get, did you get any good low hanging fruit there with like sort of splitting up the, you know, the really cool ones on one team and then a couple of cool ones on the other team to balance it out? Or how, how did that go? Was that impactful? Um, I, I mean, we it's just averages, right? So we would just look okay. at ELO. Um, so you're trying so, to trying to get like the same sum ELO or the average ELO on the two teams and balance Yeah, I get out. the same average and, you know, within like a range. You don't want to have the best player and the worst player against two mediocre players, right? Got it, um, got it. Um, do yeah. you do, you do like a queuing system too. So I saw on your matchmaking on your website, um, a good post about it. You do like, uh, you bracket under a certain amount of latency and then you slowly expand and you can take yeah. three to five minutes to find a match. Do you think it's necessary for your game type to have that sort of queue based matchmaking to get the quality of match that you're looking for? Uh, I do. Um, and, yeah, and okay. actually we we're changing things, um, actually, uh, and I can talk about that in detail as well. Go for it. Yeah, very curious. Yeah, so the, the current way that the matchmaker works, which is a thousand times better than the Halo 2 system, is we look at the oldest ticket, right? Yep. Uh, well, yep. I, it, yeah. there's there's slight differences between ranked and casual, but without mm-hmm. going into detail, 
the gist of it is we look at the oldest ticket, right? So we say, okay, Glenn, you've waited the longest. I really need to get into a game. This guy's been hanging. And then we say, okay, let's try to make you a game. And based on how long you've waited, we, there's, you know, we look at, Servers. So this, we you also kind of coalesce at, other games around me as that really old ticket. Is that how it starts? Well, we're trying to coalesce individuals. So okay. we say, okay, you've waited the longest. Let's go down the list. And based on how long you've waited, we have an ever expanding range of what, what is allowed, mm-hmm. right? So, like mm-hmm. if you've mm-hmm. waited 30 seconds, we're only looking at players that are really close to your skill range. Yep. If you've waited a minute, two minutes, five minutes, we expand that range problem with that system is what ends up happening often is um, we're trying to make as, you know, right now we, we prioritize the oldest ticket first, but then we also prioritize mm-hmm. let's make as many games as possible each tick. Yep. So we say, okay, let's try to get Glenn a game. He's waited the longest. And then let's say there's five people that are within your skill range on that given tick. The problem is you don't then get to keep those players we say, okay, there's only five. Well, we need to get to eight. Okay, so discard this. We can't make So you don't have a memory from each tick to each tick? Correct, correct. Ah, okay. um, so we then go to the second oldest ticket, and then that guy, we say, oh, well, let's say he's a slightly lower rank than Glenn. Well, so he'll, he'll kind of grab everything. Right, he'll grab those people ah. away from you. Um, and so what we've seen recently is, you know, and we've got plenty of players, but we'll end up sometimes getting games that don't really... That, I mean, they're not horrible like they used to be, but they're not nearly as good as they should be because yeah. we try, we try, we try, but the people on the edges end up getting mm-hmm. a game that, you know, it's it's we've tried five times and now we've had to expand wider than we sh- really should need to. Right. And now we have to pull people that aren't really in your range. I mean, they're closer. Mm-hmm. It's not like the best player against a brand new user like it used to be. But um, so anyway, the the solution is, Instead of doing it this way, we're going to build a game over time. Um, so mm-hmm. with our new system. Now you have the um, memory. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, we can say, smart. okay, there's three people that fit, fit Glenn's ELO on this tick. Okay, here you go. It's a All little right. glob and it gets stickier and it, and exactly. it tends to and coalesce then, over time. Yeah. 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 Okay. I get that. That's that's really cool. Um, hey, so so let's say like, let's say like, I mean, your game's a very competitive game, right? Like it's, a, it's an arena-based game. Uh, no late joiner, I assume. And, and it's all about matching up the teams and playing for the for the round length. Or do you do well, late so join? So for for ranked, you you can't join in progress. For quick play, um, I think we let you join in the first minute. Okay. Does yeah. that does that help relax the matchmaking constraints a bit? Especially if someone leaves, that would be definitely. What what, what do you what's your opinion when someone leaves on a team based game? I mean, that's you know that's definitely yeah. A I mean, experience. we have bots. Yeah, we have bots yeah. to replace. Um, it's not perfect, but ah. it's, yeah. Okay. Okay. It, it prevents the game from being ruined, right? So, you know, if you're playing a quick play game, especially, it's like if somebody mm-hmm. leaves mid-game, 4v3, unplayable, yeah. not fun. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. 4v3 in a bot, not ideal, but yeah. it's still playable. It still but, works. But in ranked, you won't do it because it just isn't really the spirit. Well, we actually do in ranked as well. If somebody, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If somebody yeah. quits mid-game, just because it's, it's, you know, you're still at a huge disadvantage, but at least... Mm-hmm. At least the game is not permanently ruined for the rest of everybody. Did you play around with like quitting penalties or anything like that? Yeah, we, we have quitting penalties. Um, okay. Right now, uh, it's right now it's simple. It's just like a ten minute ban. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think we're going to with this next update. It's going to be a little stricter 
where, yeah. you know, you quit the first time, maybe it's 10 minutes, you quit the second time, it gets worse, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, exponential. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Uh, we haven't done that yet just because we, we've had, I mean, we don't have a ton of bugs or disconnects, but we've had enough where it's like, we'd like to get this a little more bulletproof so that if a user quits and it's not their fault, they're not getting harshly punished. Um, but I think so, you know, in December, we've got a pretty big update with a lot of backend changes and matchmaking changes yep. and stability improvements um, that I think, you know, we're going to feel more confident, we'll feel more comfortable being harsher with, you know, and more confident yeah. that people quit. Yeah, that, that, that false positive is just a guaranteed player churn. It's like, you, yeah. you've got to be so confident that it's real. And it's not like, I crashed. I'm sorry. I banned you for 10 minutes as well. You're welcome. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Brilliant. Okay. So um, I'm, I'm really kind of curious as well on your thoughts on crossplay. So I noticed that you have Xbox, PlayStation and PC doing crossplay. Uh, why do you do that? And, and, and what are the benefits and what are the disadvantages of crossplay in your mind? Um, I mean, I think the obvious benefits are it's just more players to pool from um, in matchmaking. Um and I mean, to the user, if you have friends on other systems, right? Like, yeah, yeah, totally. Obviously, uh, fun. You get to play with like your Xbox friends or your PlayStation friends. Um, you know, the disadvantage, obviously, you always have people that complain, like, "Oh, controller aim assist is too mm -hmm. powerful," or you know, "No, controller is not. You can't possibly compete with the mouse and keyboard players." What are you talking? These two about? things can't be true at the same time. Right. Exactly. Um, I, I think we've got it really well balanced, to be honest. Cool. I mean, we've gone through a lot of iteration. Um, we have, if you look at the top 50 leaderboards, we've got players on consoles and on PCs. Mm -hmm. You look at the pro league, the top team is all mouse and keyboard, but yep. the second place team has two controller players. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know the, the sixth place and the fourth place team have controller players. So I mean, I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, it's it's pretty well balanced. I think right mm -hmm. now you're definitely at a. If I had to pick, I mean, I think mouse and keyboard is one percent better than controller. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, you know, you can absolutely be a top tier player on either. Um, yeah. So, so the, the, the benefits of increasing the player pool, getting more people for matching and bringing people together across platform out, outweigh the, the very, you know, the very slight risks, you know, of, of keyboard versus. Uh, a I think so. Vice versa. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think so. I mean, it's, it's not, there's no right answer. Um, I think for where we're at, it makes the most sense. Um, how, how did it go with, okay uh, with it, so. How did it go with the the, the platform holders? Because because historically, over the last five years, it's been tough to get a cross-play game through. Did you? I mean, obviously, having the game out and having it on PC, and like, I want to bring this to your platform, but to bring this, I would need to do cross-play, right? Is, it's is gotten a lot easier. Um, Has it? Okay, good. Yeah, I mean, there's certain requirements, but it's it's just basically like, hey, if you follow these rules, you've yeah, got a thumbs up from us. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. So, so tell me a bit about your backend now. So you've got uh, the matchmaker and all the telemetry services and all that sort of stuff. So I, I understand that the, to date that's homegrown. Uh, where do you guys, where, where do you guys host it? Uh, what, what language did, yeah. did you develop it in and uh, where, where are you going? With yeah. It? So we're in a bit of a transition right now. Um, so mm -hmm. our whole backend, we, we actually wrote the whole thing from scratch uh, in TypeScript. Um, wow. It's all through AWS. Um, yeah. I mean, we, 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 we did a good job. Uh, I would love to have a typed language 
running on my back end. That's just, I, I, yeah. I do go, I do Golang just for that reason, but I would, I would be like terrified of like executing like a line of code that goes, whoop, no, no, or, or syntax <laughs> error. Well, so yeah, so we, we are definitely, um, so we're in the middle of transitioning actually. Okay. So we are right now, everything is custom. It's our own system that we've built. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we've done an amazing I mean, job. Kudos, of- kudos because yeah. um, most people don't even um, go out there and realize that they can do their own backend, let alone scale it up fast yeah. enough to keep up yeah. with their player base. It's very well, impressive. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's been a big dilemma for us is like, do we keep mm-hmm. doing this or do we switch over to somebody else's system? Mm-hmm. Uh, and ultimately, we we did decide to switch over to Excelbyte. Okay. Um, you know, we've gotten to know June and his team and they're awesome, awesome people. Um, yep. I think they've got amazing tech so what's, what's, what's their website? Excelbyte. So excelbyte.io. Uh, where, where are they based and what do they do? I don't actually know where they're based. <laughs> but uh, Hello, so Excelbyte. They, you're awesome and you're, you're they on the They are internet. awesome. I'll, I will vouch for them. There's, I mean, their back end is a service, right? So I think okay. kind of the thinking is just as you use Unreal Engine to build your game, uh-huh. You use Excelbyte to build your backend, right? And that doesn't mean that we have zero work and that we don't have to do anything. But what it does mean is that I can hire an engineering team to focus on features instead of, mm-hmm. you know, what we've been doing, which is just scale, 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 scale. And then it's like, well, we don't have time to do features because we're a yeah. very tiny team and all we can focus on is scale and bugs, right? Um, so I think that was kind of the ultimate deciding mm-hmm. factor for us is, you know, we've got this product that works and we can build off of it and they can worry about scale. We can worry about features, the fun stuff, right? The stuff that our player base cares about. Right. And right. hopefully we don't have to worry about outages and, you know, mm-hmm. everything. Right. So, and it also just means I don't have to hire 30 backend engineers to build. Which, which is probably some of the toughest people to hire. I mean, it's yeah. hard enough getting a network engineer, a network client server programmer. <laughs> Yeah. Um, or, yeah. or getting gameplay programmers who can work and, and do net code. Although the Unreal Engine does, does you know, it makes a lot of things a, a little bit more easier coming out, you know, as a fully formed networked uh, game library and editor out of the box client server. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, well, some of the other people that I know, um, so Apex Legends, I used to work at Respawn and uh, I, I chatted with some of my Respawn, Respawn folks in the last uh few months and they said like yeah we, we we've now split like there's there's live ops team and then there's dev and it's totally you know and that was never a thing when i was there so interesting yeah. so that that's their approach i think they've kind of like no i'm i'm doing bugs and i'm and i'm you know like it's not just dev ops on the live ops it's like live ops engineer there's there's operations engineers right but there's like a really slow deliberate release cycle and then it goes to ops and yeah. this is just a very, very high level, but that's sort of like you're, you're turning uh, Excelbyte into the operations team effectively for your game? It pretty much, yeah. 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 Cool. So it, it's also, I mean, the other thing is, um, you know, they're basically, I mean, they're temporarily at least, they're functioning as an extension of our team. I figured so. So, you know, they've yeah. been super helpful in actually helping us port everything over. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not, you know, because there's a lot of custom stuff we have to do. Um, yeah. just with our whole system, we do a lot of fancy things. So, <laughs> yeah. but uh, you definitely don't want to go backwards in terms of functionality or exactly all, all exactly. the things that you've learned since you launched. Yeah. Okay. So where, do, where do you host your, your game servers? So you do, you do AWS with TypeScript right now, you're transitioning to Excel by it. Do you, do you do your game servers in AWS too? We do. We do. Okay. Yeah. 
So what is it just keep it all in AWS? It's easy. Everyone uses AWS. Uh, I, you know, I think. How, for how now, you, what do your thought process go? I think for now we're we're just sticking with that because it's easy. But I think mm-hmm. we're also you know cost savings. Like cost is not the number one priority right now, right? Like right now we need experience. Always yeah, player experience, right? So, um, yeah. I mean, for well, actually, with our with our own backend, we had mm-hmm. it set up where we did our own auto scaling, and we could deploy game servers across multiple. Mm-hmm. You know, we could spin up digital servers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. we could try to kind of spin up the cheaper servers instead of AWS. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I'm sure we'll probably do that. And I mean. Excel by probably it's this endless endless that. amounts of optimization that you can do over the next five years. Exactly. So, but right now we want to optimize for other things before we worry too much about server costs. Awesome. So right now it seems like the biggest challenge you're facing right now is the transition for your back end. And the good news is, of course, is congratulations. You've just raised a 100 million round. So uh, amazing. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to spend a hundred million dollars, but maybe you could tell me. Um, what do you What do you plan on doing with it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. It's a ludicrous the, amount of money. Come on, it is. It's a lot. I, I think you know part lot. of my what, what, good on go you. Ahead. Good on you. Like, oh, thank it's, you. It's yeah. impressive, but yeah, but it's I also it's also like an obligation. It's like I've got so much money from investors, and now um, I need to. You know, create a return on this yeah, investment. You execute, right? Like the execute. bar is is much higher. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I think Amen. you know the hundred million dollar round. It just gives us freedom and flexibility to do mm-hmm. everything we could possibly dream of, right? So, in terms of hiring, it allows us to just be really aggressive and go get the best mm-hmm. people, and we don't have to cut corners. We don't have to. I mean, yeah. My philosophy. I mean, I told my artists, my my art team, I was like, "Tell me who you want to hire." Like. You want yep. to hire them? Let's go get them. Like, yep. you know, so that's, that's a really it. good way to use. If that. you've got 30 yeah. people that you want yeah. to hire, hire them all, you know, yep. I mean, assuming they're good and they're good culture fits and good people. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, I don't want to hire assholes or I don't want to hire people that aren't talented, but you mm-hmm. know, before it was like, okay, well we can afford to hire three people here and one person mm-hmm. there. And mm-hmm. now it's like, nope, like let's go build the best art team on the planet. Yep. And I mean, the people we've hired, which we're going to be announcing soon, but we're hiring some of the top, top tier artists in the industry. Um, Brilliant. And, you know, the just the scale of what they can do and, and the ideas that they have. I mean, it's oh, yeah. gotten me so excited. It's like, there's just, it's just a different level. Um, exciting times. Uh, the other thing that's really exciting is, I mean, our whole team, you know, we're a bunch of learners and mm-hmm. everybody like that was my first concern is like, I, you know, we've got great people on the team already. I didn't want the new people to kind of come in. And then it's like, you know, do the existing artists feel like, well, you know, we built this thing and, you know, who are these guys to tell us we should do it differently, but that's not been the attitude at all. The attitude for everybody has been, Oh my God, you hired this guy. I want to, I get like, to learn from this, I one. Learn work from with this guy, yeah. you know, it's a dream. Yeah. To, I, so anyway, that's, um, that's that's yeah. incredibly fortunate. So as as how's, how's the engineering shaping up? What's your what's your plan down the engineering side? Yeah, engineering is definitely slower and harder to hire. Uh, we did just uh, hire another engineer a week ago, actually. Um, Congrats! Who, yeah, we're super excited about. He's starting December first. Um, we are. Uh, I just made an offer to another one today. Um, I think we're going to get him. He kind of verbally was like, okay, I'm pretty sure I'm going to accept this. Let me get back to you like yeah. before I fully commit. 
Um, so, you know, I think, I think we're in very good shape. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> we've got some other leads. Uh, I think, you know, the thing for us is, um, we're trying not to grow too fast, um, or lower the bar really. Oh yeah. Um, you know, there's definitely that immediate pressure of like, man, I got to hire 50 people and, you know, I want them to start yesterday. But, um, I think what I've sort of realized is, you know, we've gotten here today because we've maintained such a ridiculously high bar in mm-hmm. terms of just mm-hmm. talent. And I don't want to lose that, you know, just because we've got a hundred million dollars, it doesn't mean like, Oh, well now we can hire more people. So there's, the bar there's, there's also a culture that you've got to preserve yeah. as well. What makes your exactly. studio work the way that it works. And then everyone else comes in. And if you bring too many people in at the same time, the culture yeah, can get diluted yeah, exactly. and lost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so we're, we're trying to be very, very strict and kind mm-hmm. of true to our core, true to our culture, um, and just maintain that insanely high bar that we've always had. Um, so it's been slow, but, uh, every single person I've hired so far, I have 110% faith and confidence in, and it's right. been an amazing person to work with already. Um, so I'm very happy about that. Awesome. Sounds like a great process. So a lot of, uh, network engineers and game developers watch the show. So for anyone watching the show, they want to go work on split day. They want to work with you as an engineer. How do they do it? Um, well, uh, I guess I would say I can give you a link. Go to the website and apply and uh, have a chat to Ian and see if you can work on, on Splitgate. So Ian, thanks a lot for taking the time tonight. It's really great to hear the, you know, all the details behind your story and some of the challenges going into beta and launching your game. Congratulations on your funding. And I'm excited to see what you guys do next. Thank you, Glenn. Really appreciate you having me. All right. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. See ya. Here's the hard truth. The internet doesn't care about your game. After all the blood, sweat and tears you put into making your game, you launch and some players get terrible network performance. What can you do about it? Build your own internet? This is why we created Network Next. Network Next is a radically new way of linking networks together. It's a new internet. One where networks compete on a neutral marketplace to carry your game's traffic. Network Next puts you, the game developer, in control of the network. We monitor every player's network performance and you choose when to accelerate them. Not only will you see better network performance for your players, you'll also have the security of knowing that if one network is congested, we switch to another in seconds. Now you control the network.